This is the Rich Eisen Show. You don't have that like bookmarked at the top uh, of your I mean, the top <laughs> of your Chrome. Live, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Man of his word. I will take less. I will help the team. I want to keep playing. Voila. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Co-host of Good Morning Football, Peter Schrager. Coming up. 2021 NFL Draft Prospect, Quiddy Pay. Plus, from the new film, Coming to America, actor Jermaine Fowler. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number two of the show on the air here on a Friday. We're starting to turn our attention to the draft slowly but surely. There's a large piece of the NFL team-building puzzle that's coming up over the next week or two. The new league year begins in uh, a couple of weekends from now, the old the old uh, tampering window, as it's known, opening up. Uh, the NFL, I don't believe, likes that term uh, very much. Uh, but uh, that's the term that a lot of people in the NFL media world uses. There's a lot of cuts to come before all of that. There's be a lot of teams cutting players that you've heard of and a lot of players that you think your team could use and hope that they sign and then... Finally, the Lions will be able to talk about Jared Goff being their new quarterback and the Rams talking about Matthew Stafford being their quarterback because those are things that need to be shelved uh, until um, until the new league year is official. We talk with Peter Schrager about all the machinations from Good Morning Football and also, well, the machinations in the NFL, not the machinations on Good Morning Football. That might be for a different uh, uh, three-hour program. Um, but uh, they, he was on the program talking about all the machinations going on in the NFL. And go to our YouTube page for all of that if you missed it, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Uh, another thing that's coming up later on this month in the NFL that I, I geek out on this stuff. I love the, the rule book in the NFL. I love knowing it. I love um, trying to change things, um, not to brag. Uh, I got rid of the tuck rule uh, personally. Um <laughs> <laughs> What's that look for? Are you giving the, the, it's a uh, Del Tufo the, face. the Del Tufo Jeff the Del Walker Del look? <laughs> we read into things a little too much. I was instrumental in the destruction of the Tuck rule, <laughs> tilting you that windmill. Is every that on your Wikipedia time. page? Uh, it should be. <laughs> Ask Pereira. Next time, Mike Pereira, had a former head of NFL refs, now Fox Rules analyst, comes on this program. Land just a little bit. Ask him. Ask him. <laughs> ask him if my constant. Talking about it on NFL Network all yeah. the time and Tuck bringing rule it up. not on your uh, Wikipedia nah. page. Well, don't listen to my oh, Wikipedia yeah. page. I think well, for a good co- solid calendar year, it, somebody wrote on my Wikipedia page, Rich Eisen, a.k.a. the White no, Mamba, the right? White Mamba. Yeah, I don't know Mamba. who put it down there. Yeah. A.k.a. the Black Rich Eisen. And that's from Shaq. Xander wrote it. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Wowee! <laughs> so, all that said, I got rid of the tuck rule. Um, and then, you know, the catch rule, I was an integral part in getting rid of that um, or changing it. And now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm focused solidly on the, uh, the fumbling through the end zone thing. Now, you're reading a lot of articles about what's coming out of the old competition committee. That's the way that this thing works. There's a committee of uh, coaches and executives that are on the competition committee. They meet with uh, Al Riveron, the head of NFL refs currently, is also part of this. I believe uh, the head of football operations, Troy Vincent's involved. They all get together and they chit-chat about what rules they're going to they're gonna back because teams have all sorts of rule change proposals that they forward, 
And some of them have the backing of the competition committee, which definitely lends weight to the rule change when it's before the actual membership, all 32 teams voting on it. That's the way this thing works. So what comes out of committee is put in front of the owners. And I, I haven't seen an actual document of everything that's there, but the, the language is being written and it's being put on pieces of paper. And I have yet to see an actual rule proposal about this pylon. So they may have talked about it, nothing may have come of it, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. I hate that rule. I think it stinks. I think it stinks that a team that on defense bends and bends and bends and bends and then breaks, but the ball also breaks the plane and rolls out of bounds, that defense that bends and bends and bends and breaks gets bailed out. Hate it. I understand it's the end zone. It's the particular piece of territory that when broached by the offensive team, Gives them six points. The ball gets touched down in the end zone. I get it. I get it. Do you? I do get it. I do get it. I think it stinks. I think it stinks. If the ball rolls out at the one-inch line, no big deal. You get to keep it. It rolls three three uh, inches uh, uh, through the end zone and then, then out of bounds. It, it's, it's no good for you. No good for you. I don't like it. My rule change would be if it rolls through the end zone, then the ball gets placed... 10 yards away from where the previous line of scrimmage was. Same down and distance to the end zone, though. There you go. Or you could even say my rule change is that the the down counts. Down counts. So if it was third and five from the five-yard line and you reach for the end zone and the ball rolls through it, you still get to keep it. It's now fourth and goal from the 15-yard line. At least you get three points out of it. Or if you still need to score a touchdown to win it, the person who is trying to be aggressive scoring the touchdown... Doesn't get penalized. There. Fixed. Vote no. on it. You no. vote no. Chris Brockman, owner of an NFL team, votes no. And then uh, and then I buttonhole you in the uh, in the atrium. You know, this is obviously pre- or post-pandemic. I go take you to the atrium and say, let's have a drink. I'm not changing my vote. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm an actual owner. Oh, my God. Oh, you do own how many, how many shares in the Green Bay Packers? Dose. How much did it cost you? Two fifty each, I believe. Oh my God! Most expensive pet rock on planet Earth. <laughs> it's a cool Earth. thing for the office wall. Is that right? It's yeah. cool. I think I gave one away. Do you to put that next to one of your many <laughs> Olaf I drink- trinkets? I mean, Olaf? No, no, Olaf's in the main. Okay. <laughs> the um, main foyer. The main. The foyer. Very good. <laughs> wow. So here's another um, rule change that I'm hearing about right now that I'm not keen on either. Going back to the old overtime rules. Old overtime. Yeah. Sudden death, you lose the coin toss, you give up three points, you lose. Nice. Whoa. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I'm totally down with how overtime is right now. The problem is, though, is they've shortened the actual length of the overtime period, which makes it more difficult to see something other than a tie if there is an exchange of possession. Right, so why don't they just go back to 15 minutes? I don't know. To me, that would be the fix of the current situation, but it would also be going in the wrong direction of where – overtime uh the league wants overtime to go which is shorter they don't want these guys on the field certainly if they're adding a 17th regular season game you know you're playing a monday night game goes to overtime and it goes you know 15 minutes and then suddenly you've got to fly home and then now you're back on a sunday and you've got you know your bye week was week four of it now a 17 week season i mean it's just 
Is 2021 the 17th game That's now? what they're yeah. beginning to right. talk. I, it's not a definite yet. Right. But that's the idea? Mm. I don't like it at all. I hated that you lost the coin toss and then you gave up 20, 30 yards of territory and, and some goal. big-legged guy comes in from 50-something yeah. yards out and you lose. I always liked that you got another – you got a shot at it if you just gave up a field goal right. and let's go. I like that. Too. I hope it doesn't get changed. The one thing that I'm hearing that people say should the, – if the NFL should do with their overtime rules, I hate more than going back to the other one. I hate this more than going back to the – reverting back to what it used to be. And that's the college football oh. overtime rules. I hate college Football overtime. I despise college College football overtime. And I know how unpopular that stance Uh, is. I hate that there is no kicking game involved. Well, there is kicking game involved, Rich. Sometimes you're forced to go for a field goal. I'm talking about a kickoff. I'm talking about a punt. I'm talking about phases of the game that are important. I hate it. I hate it. And oh, you got to force to be go for two. And I hate that it goes on forever. College football games are too long already. I am not a get off my lawn guy. I just want these games to be over before three hours are up. If it's possible. These games go on forever and now triple overtime. Final score, 95,000 to 94,000. Yeah, and then suddenly touchdowns. Suddenly now, suddenly now you got to go for two. You got to go for two. So somebody's gadget play works. The other person's gadget play doesn't. And after 19 hours of play, final score: eighty-three thousand to eighty-two thousand. It stinks. It's just a weird scoring. I hate college football overtime with a passion. So the NFL's not going to that. One thing that I do hope they go for is that I do believe. Um, I forget which team is doing it, but they the NFL owners are going to vote on uh, having the opportunity to keep possession of the ball after scoring with one shot of fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick. So you get one chance per game? I don't know what the exact – I think they're just going to run it back, which is two times per game at any time. Anytime you want. Anytime you want. Yeah. You can do it in the first half. You can do it in the second half. You can do it in quarter Imagine three. Imagine if the, the the whole Patriots old thing, right? You score before the half, and then you get the ball to start the half. So say you score before the half with like 30 seconds left. Right. Do you use one of them there? Why not? And score that twice before the half. Score twice before the half, and then suddenly you get the ball to start the third quarter. Why not? Unless you just run the risk of not converting that and giving the other team an opportunity to kick a field goal with the mere seconds left. Maybe, but and then you know because you're seeing all of these analytic plays in the NFL these days of why is a team that's up by eight going for two or team up by seven going for two right just kick the one extra point go up by eight and force the other team to go for two I I I don't know how the slide rules and metrics work on that but I do like that I I, I do like that as an advent one offensive play fourth and fifteen let's go but then you know you've heard I think Pereira said what if somebody just Rip somebody down on a pass interference. What happens again? Is it now fourth and 15? Is it fourth and 10? You know, and where do you place the ball? There are some aspects of that, that that get a little dicey. But the replay aspects, I love the changes that are coming, potentially. How many times have I said that a 15-yard penalty should be reviewed? 
Fifteen yard penalties in the NFL are monster big, monstrously large. They they flip the field sometimes. They certainly on third down when you think your team's off the field, and then there's a roughing the passer penalty, and then the replay shows somebody basically hits somebody with a finger, but the quarterback goes flying, and the referee has a bad angle. Out comes the flag, fifteen yards. Or helmet to helmet doesn't happen. It's not helmet to helmet. It's actually shoulder to shoulder. Right. Okay, all of that stuff. I think 15-yard penalties, all of them should be reviewed. But right now they're talking about roughing the passer penalties being reviewable. All in. Put me all in on that, coach. All in on that. And then maybe 15-yard penalties can be reviewed or not thrown or picked up before a review gets even in place thanks to the addition of the old sky judge. Which I know Del Tufo always gets you out of whatever Doug the Pug you're looking forward to because that allows you to say that you saw it in its infancy and pilot. I set up the booth of this guy. For the AAF. Yeah. AAF. Hardly knew you. The Ravens have even put the language together. Here it is. An eighth official on the crew, the proposed booth umpire, the old BU, can offer input from the booth throughout the game with access to all broadcast angles via the NFL's Hawkeye technology. Aided by replay and close-up shots, he, well, maybe it could be she too, can provide pertinent info to on-field officials to help correct any clear and obvious errors of consequence, provided he can do so without disrupting the normal timing of game administration. And in terms of advantages, which is what you're required to provide with your rule change proposals what's the advantage competitive equality integrity of game pace of play player health and safety now leave this up don please if you don't mind here's the issue is what is uh clear and obvious errors of consequence right what is that and what about disrupting the normal timing of gaming administration does that mean the booth has to be buzzed down before the next snap does a team that you know um, that what, had a 15-yard penalty called against them, get up on the line right away? I mean, I don't know how that works. Right. Pushing and shoving going on. You know, sometimes pushing and shoving goes down. and Holding guys down. And No, or pushing and shoving happens. Uh, what was it? Was that in, I forget what playoff game it was. Was it the Super Bowl this year even? There was pushing and shoving that went on in the first quarter and somebody got popped for it? One of the Chiefs get popped for it. Oh, yeah, Chris Jones. I yeah, think. it was stupid. Stupid. That's where the, the umpire booth, you know, booth umpire can come down and say, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Pick that up. No. We're seeing it on replay. It wasn't as bad as you thought it was. And they're talking to each other. I saw this. I said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I got it. And then the, the, the official on the field's got to, what, defer to the booth judge who defers to, or and the, the, umpire, the ref on the, on the field decides whether the booth judge or the person on the field is... I mean, that, that's, this is the, all the stuff that's going to have it's, to be worked out. It's not going to speed up but the game. I want it. Sure. I want it. I'm seeing it at home. It should be used to the advantage of the administration of the game. I want it. I want to see it for a year, and I want to see it how it works. The problem is, is installing a penalty that's missed through this. That's where it'll piss fans off. Yep. And then you'll see... A bunch of coaches in the NFL do a lot of this, pointing upstairs, <laughs> yelling at yelling at the officials on the field, pointing upstairs. Go to that person, see it. 
because I don't want to use that flag that's tucked into my sock. Use that person. Don't make me throw this flag while, you know, stuff's flying on the field and quarterbacks are running up to snap the ball fast. Adds more pressure on a coach, too. It was cool for in the AAF. It worked it, it well. Worked well. It, it really did. And is that because of the way you set it up? No, or? Okay. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, man, okay. Rich busted my chops. I'm being honest. It worked very well. If I had a guess out of everything that I've just said, the only thing that has a shot of really passing would be the reverting to the over the old overtime. Everything else that wow. I've just said, I think, is way too new, out there. Yeah, a little, little break from the norm. Way too yeah. out there. At least this way, we we saw fifty years of working overtime this way. I know what right, the right. the unintended consequences of making this rule change is going to be because I saw football played for decades under this rule. The other way, I don't know how I'm going to really handle. Pass and I mean, we saw how pass interference was handled by replay. We're going to really do that with roughing the passer. Am I really going to throw my defense out there to try and stop a fourth and fifteen instead of a an onside kick that I know my team's going to stop? But wait a minute, that can actually help you if you're trying to win a game. Yeah, I know, but we're not the Arena League, isn't that what I think John Mara said, the old school (laughs) Giants owner who's on the competition committee? I just don't know what the stomach is. Just the sense. We'll hit on this in the news, too, but Red, you didn't even hit on the Ravens' proposal for overtime. Well, that was the Ravens' proposal for the booth judges. Another proposal for overtime that I must have missed. From the Ravens. Right. It's crazy. Let's put a pin in that. Ooh. We'll do that in hour number three when we're also going to go higher register and Jermaine right. Fowler of the Coming to America sequel will be joining us. But coming up, one of the top defenders available in this year's draft from my University of Michigan, Quetty Pay, coming up. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Big word alert. Big word alert. Antonio Brown says he's moving past it. He's in a new place, and the Raiders would love him to move on. But clearly, there's some sort of animus towards a guy that does not appear to have a, a, a single reason in a bone in his body to have animus thrown in his direction. It's really something else. What are the Steelers going to do? Big word. Big word. Big word. What do we do? Quick, look it up. A noun, meaning strong dislike, hostile attitude, or an ill feeling towards someone or something. Animus. After Michigan got their butts kicked again by Ohio State, (laughs) Rich had animus for all Buckeye fans. Nice. Big word alert. Big word alert. So let me let me turn this one to Good you job. then. Uh, who Frank Caliendo out of your oeuvre of uh, <laughs> yes, uh, of I your, like to think of it as the Louvre, the Louvre of your of your uh, your voices. Uh, who would be the biggest Game of Thrones? I don't know the word. You know the word. Let's go. Let's go. A noun, the works of a painter, composer, or author regarded collectively. Oeuvre. My oeuvre as a DJ and an audio executive is unmatched. Really? Yeah. And that's it for today's Big Word Alerts. You're welcome. For more of the rich eyes. That's good. You know, here's the good thing is that uh, Big Word Alert (laughs) leads into a conversation with a University of Michigan athlete. And I'm a University of Michigan man who doesn't really need to look up these big words because I just know them. Well, you're the one using them. Yeah. I mean. Well, where do I learn them? I don't know, man. What do you mean you don't know? You didn't learn oeuvre at Michigan. How do you know? Come on. No, there's no way. How do you know? No. Come on. How do you know? How do you know that knowing Uber got me into Michigan, but expanded my mind beyond uh, belief? Did you take an entrance exam to Michigan? I took, it's called the... Not the SATs. It's called the SATs. I get that. (laughs) And there's a certain standard, that's why it's called a standardized test. There's a certain standard that Michigan has. I mean... Now, without my Michigan... A degree, would I be able to do such a great read on Punky Brewster being a Peacock original that's free on Peacock? Of course not. Punky Brewster streaming now, everybody, right here on Peacock, and it is free. I credit Northwestern for that, Rich. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We talked about the draft a little bit with Peter Schrager, my colleague from Good Morning Football and NFL Network and Fox Sports. And joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show, pleased to say he's he's our first 2021 draft prospect, correct, Christopher? Yes, sir. He could be one of the top, if not the top, defensive prospect taken in this year's draft from the University of Michigan. Quiddy Pay, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing all right. Go blue. Go blue. Right back at you. Where Where do I find you right now? Are you in Ann Arbor still training? Where are you right now? Where, where do I find you? I'm currently in Arizona. You're in Arizona getting ready. Okay. Um, and what are sure. you doing down there in Arizona? So I'm training at the Exos facility out here in uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing there? Like, what are you what are you working on? Because there is no, I guess you're you. I must you must you must be working on your your drills for uh, pro day. I imagine later on this month in Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, so our pro day is uh, March 26. So I'm just although they canceled the combine and whatnot, uh, we're still gonna have the opportunity to run the 40s, do our shuttles, and uh, position work at our pro day. So just preparing for that. All right, what's your 40? What do you, what are we aiming for here, Quiddy? What do you got for me? Man, I'm trying to <laughs> uh we just recently did like our lasers uh a little while ago. Okay. And, um laser was four five nine at like two seventy two ish, so I pro that hopefully I can go a little bit lower. Four five nine. And what are you weighing right now? What are you tipping the scales out right like now? Like two seventy two ish. Oh my dude. Not fair. <laughs> yes, sir. That would be something that would definitely catch some eyes here. Have you been doing Zoom interviews yet? Yeah, I've been been doing a, a pretty good amount. All right, drop some names. Who's who, who's chatting with you, Quiddy? Who you been chatting with? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I didn't. I've pretty much been talking to uh, everybody. So I pretty much did one interview with like all teams so far. So uh, yeah. So have you gotten a second interview with anybody yet? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. So what's the craziest question you've been asked in these interviews, Quiddy? Um, I mean, it, it was all like all baseline uh, interviews, you know, kind of just ask like background, if you've been arrested, uh, like just stuff like that. Just um, questions that they have to ask all their all the prospects and whatnot. So it's been pretty like bland interviews, kind of like the same questions over and over again. But uh, yeah. So nobody's trying to throw you off your game with a stupid, dumbass question yet. That hasn't happened yet. Nah, not yet. <laughs> okay. I mean, I could bounce some off you, but I, I think you'll just be able to handle it. Uh, when it all comes down to it, yeah. Let, let's talk about your your journey um, and uh, how you wound up um, in this country to begin with. Obviously, you came here as a yeah. as an infant, correct from uh, from from uh, a war torn spot on planet Earth, right? Is that correct? You and your family? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I was born in uh, Guinea, but my family's from Liberia, and uh, at the time there was a civil war going on over there. So uh, born in a refugee camp in Guinea. And then fled there to uh, come to America at like six months old. And your family settled where? We settled in Providence, Rhode Island. How did you? Providence, Rhode Island. How did you wind up from a Liberian refugee camp to Rhode Island, United States of America, Quiddy? How did that happen? <laughs> so uh, my mom had like aunts and uncles there, so we came there and we lived with them for uh, a little while, so we got on our own feet, but. Yeah, kind of like Rhode Island was like a very like a random spot, but yeah, we just happened to have family there, and uh, that's where we settled. So okay, and uh, when did you first know that you could uh, play football, Quiddy? So at first we were running track, and uh, my mom she didn't like the idea of us playing football, but we ended up begging her, and we ended up forcing her to bring us to the field and sign us up for football, and then at around like the age of eight or seven, that's when, like, we really got into it and started playing pop board and all that stuff, and then we just fell in love with the sport. 
And then when did you start to uh, grow into the grown-ass man that you are and realize that you might actually be able to be special at this sport? When did that first happen? Is there a coach who turned you on in a certain way or what? I mean, like, uh, I ended up getting, like, a growth spur, like, in high school. So coming into high school, I was, like, 5'10 or whatever. And then, like, my sophomore year in high school, I grew to be, like, 6'2". So then uh, that's when I started to put on a lot of more weight and then whatnot. And then I would say kind of like my freshman winter training cycle when our new strength staff came in, I was like still 240 at the time. And then after Coach Herb and staff was done uh, uh, creating monsters, I was like 270. So I I, I give a lot of credit to our strength staff for uh, (laughs) making me who I am today. In high school you're talking about? No, and and college in the University of Michigan. Okay, so now University let's get Michigan. to there. Virginia. When did when did you first quitty pay here on the Rich Eisen show and mock drafts have him potentially being the first defensive player selected in this year's draft? Um, so certainly one of the top pass rushers available. W- when did you first meet with uh, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh? When did that happen? So I met with Coach Harbaugh for the first time. Um, uh, my official visit when I came and they played Wisconsin, that's when uh, Jordan Lewis had that one-handed pick to uh, seal the game off. And um, that was my first time ever meeting Coach Harbaugh in his office with, with my uh, stepfather. And so what made you want to decide to hook up in Michigan with him? What, uh, walk me through that I process. Think, I, think was, I think it was a no-brainer. Um, but at the same time, Coach Brown uh, had offered me when I was committed to Boston College. So I committed to Coach Brown and uh, he ended up getting the Michigan gig. So when he went to Michigan, uh, we got back in contact and then he offered me again. And that's the one I wanted to play for. So make sure I committed again to uh, play for Go Blue. And yeah, exactly right. So um, why play? Um, you know, you decided to stick around and then here comes the pandemic, Quiddy. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? when you know the big 10 said we're going to play and then we're not going to play and where where were you and the rest of the team on on that front when that was going down in the pandemic so um so uh we were practicing actually um and we took like a a short break before we came back to do like our afternoon practice so um that's when I, obviously all our phones were, were blowing up and like news of like the big 10 has been canceled and coach harbour had called a meeting on the outdoor field, and then he said, yeah, like, they canceled the Big Ten season. But even though they canceled the season, we never stopped practicing. So <laughs> uh, nothing in our building changed. We were still practicing. Our schedule didn't change at all. Um, so, yeah. So you were you wanted to play? You and the predominantly everyone, yeah. all the kids, uh, everybody for the Maize and Blue wanted to play the 2020 season? And then you were told that exactly, yeah, not. I mean, what were you thinking about at that point in time, knowing that you stuck around – you didn't go in the draft. You were going to come back, and now you had a possibility of not playing a single down of football prior to your big, you know, uh, leap to the NFL. What was going through your mind at the time, Quiddy Pay? Um, when they announced the news, like I remember just sitting down, like man, like, I don't get to play my last season with uh, my brothers, and um, I sat for a long time. And then, um, even though they canceled the season, even though I had the opportunities to like go ahead and start training and get a jump on. You know, everything. I was just like, I'll, I'll stick around. And I was teaching a bunch of the young guys everything I've learned over my three years at Michigan to leave them with uh, some knowledge and whatnot of how to play the game and certain things I picked up over my time at Michigan. So 
even though I canceled the season, even though like I could have left, I made sure I stayed and I was with uh, all my guys because I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm never gonna play with you guys again. So might as well just enjoy my time while I can with you guys, and then then to bring the season back. And I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> and then you you unfortunately couldn't finish it yourself. How are you feeling right now? How are you ready to go? Uh, I'm I'm feeling. I'm feeling great right now. Um, even though I got injured throughout the season, uh, I made sure I came back, uh, played that Penn State game, and that just so happened to be the last game before they cancel our last three games. So uh, even though I wasn't 100% for the Penn State game, uh, I wouldn't trade that, that, that experience for anything, you know, just to be able to suit up with my brothers for the last time and whatnot. But then, yeah, uh, I'm all healthy now. Exos uh, uh, fixed me completely, so, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And I just want to give you the floor on this because it was a big to-do at the time. Um, some people were saying, and some people of note were saying that Michigan was ducking Ohio State using COVID as a shield. What do you say to something like that, Quiddy Pay? Uh, I mean, uh, the media does what they want, and they portray stories and, you know, try and gas things up. But not like we were all practicing. Like, we were looking forward to that game, even though the season in the go as we as we wanted to that's why you go to michigan to play that game you know nobody was ducking smoke uh you know if, if we could go back and play that game like we would all go back to school and play that game so uh we wanted all the smoke um hmm. and yeah like I don't, I don't know where that narrative came from but uh a, a lot of people on our team started getting covid and obviously we couldn't play with uh the outbreak so if we could play then we we, we would have for sure played you you wanted all that smoke, huh? I like it. That's I guess that's what you that's what you suit up for is 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 for the smoke. What's your favorite Harbaugh story? You got one for me? Quitty My Pay? favorite Harbaugh story. I don't think I've told many people about this story, but um, <clears throat> it was on my official visit, and uh, Coach Harbaugh like he drives around like the big like uh, Sprinter van sometimes because uh, he has a large family. Yes, and um, it was uh, I was Rashawn's uh, uh, recruit. Uh, to host Rashawn Gary, and um, he was bringing, yeah, okay, he was bringing us back to. Um, I was Rashawn Gary and Carlo Kemp's uh, recruit, and then um, he was bringing us back to West Squad in the Sprinter van, and then like in the back of like South Squad, it's like a, um, it's like someone like called us like I would say, mm-hmm. and um, he didn't want to take like a U turn and go back up the street and take a left and then drop us off, so he just hopped on the sidewalk and <laughs> he <laughs> just because it was just like a small sidewalk that he could just hop over, so. Yeah. Hopped over that and then just dropped us off at West Quad and then <laughs> just went on his way. But yeah, like after that, they made us guys hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, some he, he he was also a big man on campus there in the in the eighties too. You know, he was he was the quarterback of my my freshman year team when I went there. He was the one who <laughs> who who guaranteed win over Ohio State and Bo Schembechler did not uh, appreciate that one little bit. But uh, all of us oh. on campus sure did. So, you know, I, I you know, and it, it, so did, did you not eat chicken because it's a nervous bird? Did you do that based on your coach's uh, we, we We ate a lot of steak, I would say. Steak was the <laughs> primary meal that we would eat uh, before all our games. We had steak. Um, victory dinner, we had steak. And, uh, yeah, there, there wasn't much chicken being eaten in the building. All right. All right, Quiddy Pay, uh, before I let you go, um, tell – me and everybody else uh what a team would be getting if they drafted quitty pay in the 2021 draft who who are they getting what are they getting quitty uh they'll be getting a blue collared worker you know a guy that comes to doing every every single day looking for opportunity to get some more work and uh 
very athletic guy that can pretty much play anywhere in the box. So very versatile. Um, and yeah, just, just a, a competitor. Looking for the smoke. You're looking for smoke. Yes, sir. Looking for all the smoke. <laughs> Quiddy Pay, thank you for the time. Good luck to you. Let's chat uh, as you get to the next level. When you get to the next level, I'm rooting for you, as you know. Sir, thank you. You bet. That's Quiddy Pay of the University of Michigan coming soon to the National Football League looking for all the smoke. You know, and I'm not trying to stir anything up here. I just wanted to ask an actual player on the team that for what? Was that about a good 48-hour period leading up to what would have been the Michigan-Ohio State game where the conversation nationally was that they were ducking? Ducking. Chicken. Playing. Didn't want to play. Didn't want to lose by 60. And so I wanted to ask an actual player. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. We'll take your phone calls, and we'll go hire a register. How about we'll do that? You know what I mean? Why not? We'll do that next. I like the idea. We'll go hire a register. It's a hire register Friday when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is a letter okay. written in March of 1998 to Colts owner Jim Ursay, who at the time, a month away in the draft, a decision between you and Peyton Manning. Right. right. It's from Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> oh. Dear James. Dear James. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick $30 million loan to secure the services of the Manning kid, I have to say no at this time. But the Leaf Boy is another matter. He looks strong and Manning doesn't, or at least not strong enough to handle that welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line. How are you fixed at left OT for the next few years, James? Think about it. You don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. (laughs) Okay, let me know if you need some money for Leaf. I expect to be very rich when this Depp movie comes out. Your faithful consultant, Hunter, and it's signed HST. The absurdity of the fact that A, Hunter S. Thompson knew who I was, and B, that he was he was trying to persuade Mr. Ursay to draft me instead was just comical. 
and tw- not to see it for 20 years. How does it? It just it's just nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Right. I called John Walsh of ESPN. It's a thousand percent real. Wow. And Hunter S. Thompson was a huge NFL fan, and obviously had an opinion on on the 1998 draft. Well, I think now that we know that a lot of people had an opinion on the 1998 (laughs) NFL draft. This is amazing. Isn't that? I love that line. Is you don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. The irony yeah, of all this, alarm. right? That's the irony true. of this, he would go on and play, start the most consecutive games of anybody, <laughs> and I would be injured going into year two and miss the entire oh, season. So we're just just reminding people. Strong, of, underlined. Yeah, strong. Love stuff like that, man. That was one of my favorite segments in the history of the show is when Ryan Leaf came here. He's like, hey, I got this letter, and it's, like, it's Hunter S. Thompson, and then John Walsh, who's the godfather of sports uh, of Sports Center who knows Hunter S. Thompson for many, many years from Rolling Stone. Uh, I, I took a copy of it, sent it, and I'm like, is this ori- is it an original? He goes, absolutely, that's his signature. That's for real. That is, it's a real it's still Hunter S. Thompson letter. <laughs> the Players' Championship, not this weekend, but next. How dynamite is this going to be? Will Alex Smith already be backing up Trevor Lawrence <laughs> when the pros come to Sawgrass nearby Jacksonville, Florida? March 11th through 14th on NBC and in golf on NBC Sports. That's Ricky Fowler on the screen right there. And, of course, Rory McIlroy, who's got golf pass with NBC Sports and NBC Sports Peacock. Good stuff. It's going to be a great, great uh, field there and scene. (laughs) We're here on Peacock, our radio audience, the Rich Eisen Show, back here on our Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate network, 844-204-RICH-NUMBER-DOLL. Let's take some phone calls. We'll go higher register here to wrap up our second hour here on a Friday. By the way, that was very nice with uh, Quitty Pay. Anything? I mean, I love stories. I love origin stories. That's why, you know, my new pod uh, that launched today with McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, called Just Getting Started. I love origin stories, how people can learn from how people uh, go about their business. And obviously, Quitty Pay had no choice. (laughs) He was six months old. This guy could be the top draft choice on the defensive side of uh, the ball in the 2021 draft. Um, And uh, he comes from a refugee camp in Liberia, settles in Rhode Island, and now he could be one of the top defensive players in the NFL draft. Good stuff, man. I just really enjoy stories like that. Let's go to the phone lines. Jack in Ohio, you've been holding on for well over an hour and a half. What's up, Jack? Thanks for taking my call, Rich. Big fan of the show. Thank you, sir. What's on your mind? I'm a member of the 454 comment section. Okay. You're referring and to when we were uh, a YouTube-only show, like right around this time last year is when we were on YouTube-only. It was like, like late March, so yeah. We came, oh, we came back from the combine. That's what we did. Okay. Yes. So yes. this weekend marks the one-year anniversary of you revealing your Uber rating. <laughs> and I was wondering if it changed in the past year. Well, let me look on my phone. I have yet. I have not taken an Uber in a year. I'm wondering if it is. You the lock. You the lock. I'm wondering if it's something that uh, it's, improves it, just because. I mean, if you, you haven't know, used it, then why not? I don't know. Maybe they see. want me back. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so again, the four five fours is the name of the people who are in the comment section of our YouTube stream. Uh, nickname themselves that because I reveal what my Uber rating was at the time. And nope, it's still 454, which is still now point. It's still an outrage. Zero. It's still an outrage. I am, I am very, very is. happy go lucky when I've gotten into an Uber. I, I don't chit chat. I don't do a lot of chit chat. I still won't post pandemic. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, I'm still 486. Oh my God. 
How the hell am I four five four? Does that answer your question, four, Jack? Nine, have you been really two. hanging on for an hour and a half wondering about my Uber rating? Is that really what's been happening? Four nine two. Yes, Wait. of course. I'll Wait. call back in a year. <laughs> we'll see you soon, Jack. See you. All right, Jeff. All right, actually, see you in the next life, Jack. Is a midnight run yes. uh, line. And is that Man. what you want to do for Man, today? You had money. Yeah, I didn't know you. Uh, now, you had go money. for it. You you wanted to talk a little midnight. Yeah. Run today, so. Right? Um, Smitch throws out this email that kind of runs down the whole week of birthdays and movie releases. So today, 22nd anniversary of Analyze This release. Wow. Of course, that's Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro is like a mob boss who needs therapy, kind of, you know, kind of like the Sopranos. Well, I remember when the first Sopranos pre, uh, preview came out, and I'm like, wow, okay. I, I don't, I'd never heard of James Gandolfini before. No. But you know, small, small parts and true romance, and so I, 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 I mean, I, yep. I, I knew I, I really romance. wasn't familiar with his work. Yeah, but so, I'm like, I'm, I, I did think it was. Are they making a TV show based on Analyze This? I really thought so. Right, right, right. So let's go best Robert De Niro comedy role. And your choices are Analyze This. Yes. Meet the Parents. Midnight Run. Dirty Grandpa. That's the one with Zac Efron, not the one you showed your kids. Now. You know, it's funny, in the conversation I have with McConaughey, and again, please, everybody go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your Apple Podcasts, and see, you know, my conversation, and listen to my conversation as well uh, with Matthew McConaughey, and I do ask him about Wolf of Wall Street, and he says that Scorsese loves to laugh, and he loves humor, and we talked a little bit about how Scorsese's movies, even when they're dark and frightening, and also very serious or bloody, there, there's humor in everything. Now, there's a movie called The King of Comedy Oof, where De Niro plays a stalker or a, 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 a guy who just is obsessed, obsessed with-, with a late-night talk show host, Jerry Langford, played Rupert. by Jerry Lewis. He plays Rupert, Rupert Pupkin. Great name. And there are some laugh-out-loud, hilarious moments in the film. Sandra Bernhardt is another stalker of Jerry Langford. And what they do, so Rupert gets a shot at doing stand-up comedy on the late-night show, is they kidnap (laughs) Jerry Lewis. Fantastic. Jeez. They kidnap the Jerry Langford character. And as Ransom... They won't release him until they see Rupert Pupkin on TV doing his stand-up act. Oh, okay. Because he's like the Carson. Lewis is like the Carson. Yeah, he's the, the Johnny Carson. So he you're plays like Johnny. famous if you get and on the show. It, it's I, w- I don't know if I. It's not a comedy, but I, there are some funny parts in it. It's the, it doesn't belong in this list, but dramedy, I just feel the need it. to. I feel the need. It, it, there's some a ton of satire in it. Yes, and it's definitely not the first. Maybe three, four, five Scorsese, De Niro oh, so um, together, movies right? that you talk about. You know, Mean Streets would even be before that. Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas. But this is, I just feel the need to mention that. It's because the word comedy is in the title. There is some funny stuff. And it just disturbs me that Dirty Grandpa's on this list. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't go with the war with Grandpa. Which yeah, we war have, with Grandpa. We have been grandpa. down Dirty this grandpa road lately because it upset me just to bring everyone up to speed in case you're wondering. It upset me when Susie and I were watching with all three of our children because they insisted on watching it that 
it struck me that this was the first De Niro movie in the lives of my children, and I felt I was letting them down. Not well, like I'm going to show a 12, 10, and 7-year-old, you know, Mean Streets. Or Mean Streets. And speaking of Rupert Pupkin, here's a little little note for Entourage fans out there, as I know Brockman is. Rupert Pupkin was the name that Johnny Drama had Vinny Chase's name saved under yeah. in his phone. And it's a great... That's funny. It's, it's a great, funny name. reference. It's a brilliant sort of next-level reference. You know, so without question, though, there's a clear answer on this poll question. Uh, I know. I have seen Meet the Parents on a plane, and I've never been on a plane where every human being on the plane is laughing. Everybody was laughing at it. And it is a brilliantly funny movie. And his character, you know, I'm watching you and all of that. (laughs) And Analyze This is funny, too. Nothing beats Midnight Run. As a matter of fact, Midnight Run is my favorite comedy of all time. With the in-laws, look it up, go see it. I know you haven't seen that with Peter Falk and and, um, Alan Arkin. Is this a movie from the 70s? It is, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sun is on the Midnight Run like De Niro. But I'm just opening your mind a little bit here, Chris. In-laws, yeah, I see it. Not the, the, not the remake. The remake with um, our, our friend Albert Brooks and uh, and uh, uh, Michael Douglas. No, this Douglas is Alan Arkin and, and in-laws, was, right? was not at all remotely close not even, no. to being. It shouldn't have been made. Exactly. But Midnight Run is hilarious. It is, it is profane. It is touching. <laughs> it is profane. It is moving. It is about a relationship between men thrown together in the craziest of circumstances. The music is amazing. I know that's not supposed to be a comedy, but De Niro in this is as good in this as he is in any other movie, and I will fight people over that. Go have a cream soda. Well, I mean, you know, parents. that whole movie is great. But that's not a De Niro line. I know, no, I know, I know. You know but, but the whole movie. I'm telling everybody it is... I would put De Niro's performance as Jack Walsh, who is unpopular with the Chicago Police Department, up Why against, in that movie, up against De Niro as Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, as Jake LaMotta, as anything he's ever done. And I will fight people on that, and that is my choice, and I bet you it won't even finish in third place. It's going to upset me, Chris. No, 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 Rich. Okay. Uh, Midnight Run is actually running away with it. Thank God. <laughs> oh, people are getting it. Thank God. Why are you unpopular with the Chicago? Police? I just, I mean, Charles Grodin in that I movie mean, too. He, I, he's kind of disappeared. Grodin he's is disappeared. Amazing in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. We've got about four minutes. Let's go higher register to wrap up oh, hour number two here in the Rich Eisen Show. Go for it, please. There's a chance the Rich Eisen shows that there could be higher register. Take of the week. All right, once again, we haven't done this in a few weeks, so we decided that sometimes you got to go up here to sort of believe your sports take. You know what I'm saying? And you'll catch your friends sometimes saying something higher register, call them out because they don't really believe what they're saying. Chris, go for it. Go for it. What do you got? I've said this before, and I'm going to go higher register with it. When you look at the AFC South, there are a lot of question marks. Okay. uh, Houston Texans, Sean Watts is not going to be there. They're going to stink next year. Okay. Carson Wentz is quarterback in Indianapolis. Is he so, uh-huh. is he so good? I'm uh-huh. not sure. Right. Tennessee, are they a fluke? Oh. I'm not really oh. sure. Oh. 
With Trevor Lawrence, guys, this is what I'm going to say. With Trevor Lawrence next year, mm-hmm. Jaguars are making the playoffs. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Easy, baby. From the first overall selection, they win their first game against the Indianapolis Colts and lose all 15 after that. You think they're going to make – I don't even know. You, you kind of said that in a very declarative way. You yeah. Didn't, you didn't, uh, I, I think, like, I really think Urban is going to come in. Right. Do his thing. Trevor Lawrence is going to have the hair flowing. Eh, they're making the playoffs. Okay, very good. <laughs> what do you got over there, TJ Jefferson? Well, guys, you know, I come from this old school where I've tried to always do things the right way. You know, you talk about people the right way. You give information that's right and correct. But lately I've been noticing that sometimes you get rewarded for not doing the right thing. Sometimes you get rewarded for giving information that isn't necessarily uh, correct. Comes hard. Is this Harden? Is this Harden? No, this isn't Harden. This is what I'm saying. From now on, instead of trying to give nuanced sports takes, yes. because I'm starting to pick this up, I think I'm just going to say stuff, right? Okay. I'm just going to come out and make these bold declarative statements. Yes. Oh. I'm going to have insane takes on our greatest athletes, and I'm going to have these anecdotal evidence to support my claims, Okay, but they're not really anything... They don't mean anything. So I'm just going to talk for the sake of talking, just for the likes and the tweets and the, and the retweets and everything. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to start attacking my favorite athletes. Now, that being said, Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to have to expose you now. Wait, that's what, what I'm going to do every day. I thought you loved Kawhi. I do love Kawhi, Chris, and that's the thing. I love Kawhi, but I'm going to make it seem like I don't like him. And I'm just going to say the dumbest stuff in the world about him to make people think I don't like him <laughs> just so we can get some retweets and okay, likes. Okay, very good. I will, say this, I will say this to you. I look forward to um, maybe seeing this in practice, but as the proprietor of the Rich Eisen Show and its marks and logos and the production company that, that owns it, I am not paying you $8 million a year. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> okay, here's my higher what register. What do, baby? Here's my higher register. Uh, you asked me a question earlier this week. Am I nervous or excited yes. about the New York Jets' current situation? Ooh. And I thought all year long they need Trevor Lawrence. they got to have Trevor Lawrence in order to turn things around right away or get the coach that they need. Otherwise, they're not going to get the coach that they need with the second overall pick. You need the honey of Trevor Lawrence to get somebody to be the coach that ordinarily wouldn't be their coach. And yet, they beat the Rams, and they beat the Browns. They blow their chance at Trevor Lawrence, and it drives me crazy. But now they got Robert Sala, and now I'm seeing the way Zach Wilson looks, and I'm seeing Deshaun Watson maybe out there, and I'm seeing Joe Douglas say, yeah, we'll take calls on Sam Darnold, but we love him anyway. I see the way that they're handling everything. And I see that Trevor Lawrence is that 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 ship is sailing, and I'm still you know going to have some problems seeing him hold up a Jaguar jersey. But right now, I'm sitting here thinking maybe the Jets aren't in a bad spot after all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sitting there too with a lot of cards to play and a lot of teams that might want their second overall pick or might want Sam Darnold or the Jets go and use it on Zach Wilson or maybe they use it to go get the Sean Watson. Same goes. Maybe yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's not a bad spot after all. <laughs> I like Let's it. See. We're back. <laughs> Higher register, everybody. Higher register here we're on back. a Friday. You know what I'm saying? Well, they weren't that bad. I'm both nervous and excited. <laughs> Jermaine excited. Fowler, who is in Coming to America, he plays the, uh, I guess, new crown prince. That boy good. That boy good. Coming up. 
Oh, you got a bonus. I got a bonus. I get a bonus. Just when you thought we were out, Mike Del Tufo pulls us back in to higher register. Go for it. You know, I let you guys know a little story from when I was a kid when I, you know, had to dive into the Hudson River. Yes. And Mark pull out a body. A dead body. Yeah, By the way. Forget, don't forget the dead body <laughs> yeah. part. Bury the lead there, Mike. As a 16-year-old. It really, really wasn't okay. that bad having to go into the latrine, which we call the Hudson when you live in Jersey. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a latrine. If you live in Jersey, we call the Hudson. It really wasn't that bad to dive into the Hudson. <laughs> Why wasn't it that bad? Because it wasn't horrible. I mean, I made it sound like it was horrific. You People couldn't see little... in front of you the dead said was almost the worst thing you've ever seen. Almost. Like you went Baker Mayfield on seeing an alien almost 100%. I woke up feeling dangerous. It wasn't as bad as I thought. So what, what's your memories what, since then that causes you to go higher register on it? Uh, I, I what mean, have you seen it's, since it's then? It's actually pretty cool because how many people could actually say they dove into the Hudson River? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that many people. So what is the worst thing you've ever seen if pulling a body out at age 16 yeah. into the Hudson, which you can't see directly in front of you until you see the dead body that you do the bring up? The worst thing I've ever seen in my life was, oh. a, was a car head on into a dump truck. Oh, jeez. Okay. Thank you. Right. Move on. Ladies and that's gentlemen. Enough. Hey. That's my walk on. Move on. Mike Del Tufo. I mean, that's Lord. the worst as a volunteer fireman. Dad, no. But we we're, we're done. We're done, Mike. Yeah. Cut to next week's higher register. Actually, seen a car go up first into a dump truck wasn't that bad. I've no. actually seen worse. They all walked away. You asked me, so I was like, yeah. But the Hudson was pretty. Thanks, thanks for sharing, man. Somebody said Almost how bad. Almost 100%. Somebody that was, was scared. That is straight out of Del Tufo language. Like Baker Mayfield and Del Tufo could be like. By remember, the way, I have remember seen Remember when he was here with Mr. Mr. Uh, wonderful Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank? And he was, pitched uh, him. What did he say? When I was home alone uh, on the friends with my couch. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. When I was home alone on the couch with my friends. I was home alone <laughs> on the couch with my friends. And that was you, like you basically kneecapped yourself well, to Mr. Wonderful. Maybe I was just like they, they weren't talking to me. I wasn't really alone. Oh, my gosh. You don't know. You basically, were, you, you said the nervous, Hudson River dude. is a toilet, right? That is it's still. Just, all right, Don, Don, uh, I just, you know, we could all use a laugh going into the weekend. On oh Friday. Please use that in an hour three. Uh, that's truly one of my favorite as uh, showing to the Peacock audience. Because <laughs> it doesn't even give it justice when you strolled up to the microphone from out beside and he oh. saw that you were in your cargo shorts. It was, it was just amazing. God bless. That was amazing. You guys. And the what? Right.